that's a growler. Hello, welcome to the never-ending minute where we analyze, scrutinize, and awake with surprise the movie The Never-Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howith. And I regret saying I'd go second. <laughs> I'm Tierney Steele. <laughs> so if you guys are wondering why we get this awesome little laugh intro, it's because Tierney has no idea what I'm going to say each time. So it's a surprise for her. So if she's laughing, I guess I'm doing okay. Those notes are a secret. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is not secret is what happens in minute two of The NeverEnding Story. This is the 1984 movie that our podcast is analyzing one minute at a time. Every episode is another minute of the film. And today we are talking about minute two, which is the first minute with action. Oh my gosh. We start with the directed by Wolfgang Peterson credit, but we end with Bastian saying he had another dream. We don't know his name yet, but we we know, right? That's cool to refer to by name. (laughs) Yes, we we will very shortly find out that he's Bastion. And, and I guess maybe this is a good time to set up our, our spoiler policy. Do we have one or do we not care? I feel like we should not care given that in our very first episode we talk about the childlike empress's name. I would tend to agree. This is a movie that is over, what, 33 years old? Um, so I think the the spoiler ban has been lifted. All right, let's go crazy. (laughs) If it's any consolation to people who are worried out there, I cannot spoil the sequels because I have not seen them yet. So you're safe there. (laughs) I've seen NeverEnding Story 2, but it's been forever. And I have not seen NeverEnding NeverEnding Story 3. Um, If we ruin anything for you, feel free to come back and ruin anything at us, which would be really interesting because if you have seen the sequels to The NeverEnding Story, but not The NeverEnding Story, but now you're listening to a podcast that analyzes it, please get in touch with me. I want to talk to you. We need to talk. (laughs) Yes, we do. All right. So this minute starts us off um, once again looking at our director, Wolfgang Peterson. Mm -hmm. Um, And then. Almost like a trailer for The Force Awakens, we have a head popping up into the frame as quickly as possible. Oh, this is great. That makes me very happy. (laughs) Which is good, because the first note that I have is an infuriating one. I want to know. So, Bastion wakes up, sits up in his bed. It's a very startling moment. And all I can focus on is the fact that on his bedside table is a lamp, a clock, Something with a dial, possibly a big old, not an old radio, but you know what I mean, like a transistory yes. sort of radio. I'm guessing that's what that is. Right. Behind the lamp, being blocked by the lamp, if you think about it. Like, if you were in that room looking forward, that lampshade would be covering most of a picture of whom I can only assume is Burt Reynolds. There is a strong possibility that somebody listening right now knows and recognizes that picture. I'm guessing it's from a TV show or a movie of some sort, and unfortunately my knowledge does not fill in that gap. Yeah. But he clearly has what looks to be a... A framed 8x10? Ja- <laughs> right, exactly. Maybe maybe it's his dad when he was younger. Oh, my God. Wow, I just blew your mind, didn't I? 
You kind of did. <laughs> I I have a lot of notes on the dad coming up, but we're not there yet. We're not right. there yet. Saving it. So um, the awesome fade from our favorite music into the clock beat ticking. They did it pretty nicely. It could have been a little better synced, but they did a pretty good job syncing it to the music going right into the clock ticking. So this is the minute where you find out that Thomas is paid to think about sound, basically. (laughs) (laughs) That maybe wasn't the smoothest explanation, but definitely not something I picked up on. (laughs) Yeah, I I do. um, (laughs) I guess I'll tell you guys now. I calibrate and repair audiology equipment, everything for hearing testing and balance testing. So... I often use my ears for very sensitive alignments and stuff like that to check things out. So maybe I do have an ear for things that other people might not quite notice. And I noticed that in blurry photos, he's definitely got a mustache. So by process of elimination, it must be Burt Reynolds. We'll have to see. If somebody <laughs> knows, please go to the Listener Society and I don't let us think know. It is the hair's wrong? There's some fantastic late 70s hair going on, but I'm, I'm sorry. I know we need to move on because it's only second 22 and we have actual movie to talk about, but it's just so frustrating because it's right there. Now, his hair reminds me a little bit of, not to tie in too much, but he does slightly resemble um, Richard Hatch from Battlestar Galactica who played Captain Apollo. <gasps> the hairstyle... Definitely hits that. And you said the actor. The actor in Battlestar Galactica. What, what? What's wrong with that? No, nothing's wrong with that. Many things are wonderful with that. <laughs> Headcanon accepted. Engaged. Okay. Um, so for now, we'll say that he is he is Richard Hatch, and he is sitting on Bastion's wall for some unknown reason. Well, baby, this is a wall of heroes. Because we zoom out a little bit and we have another photo that I should be just as obsessed with because once again, I don't know who this is in this photo, but for some reason, maybe it's the lack of mustache. It's just not engaging my mind in the same way. Are you talking about the Indian photo? The Native American? Yes. 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 That's the proper (laughs) term. Native American. So I'm about to blow your mind again with my sound pickups. So there's two things that I notice when you see this. You hear a dog barking, and you see a Native American picture on the wall. My question to you is, are we foreshadowing a dog-like creature and a Native American-styled hero? Now we are. (laughs) I am exploding your head with my own headcanon. I, I still kind of want to know who it is, though. Because it's not a picture. It's a photo. Like, that's a real person. Right. Which is why I'm being politically correct. And I'm trying to make out who that is on his hat. You know, I'm very jealous of the Princess Bride Minute right now. Because they have so much to go on in that kid's room. And we have so little. Right. Now, there are a couple, or at least one book I can read says The Vampire Something nice. um, on his shelf. Them. I'm blind. <laughs> and I can't tell what book it is that he picks up. But one thing I do notice about this bedroom is 
what 12 year old do you know that has a bed that 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 is that ornate i mean it's just a wooden bed i never had beds like that my beds were cars when i was growing up <laughs> well you know i would have loved a car bed but no that i buy that as that's just the twin bed that someone had that they were saying to the dad, hey, you want this? And he said, oh, great. Now I don't have to buy a bed. I can see and he's like, I just buy the mattress and you're all set to go. <laughs> so when I was born, we lived in the same house as my grand. It was a two family house, but we lived in the same house as my mother's parents. And there wasn't a lot of money around. I was the first kid to show up on the scene. Cousins and... There was a lot of furniture trading happening around there. No one was buying new furniture unless you absolutely had to. Right. And so I grew up with this hodgepodge, which is why I totally buy this bedroom. I like, can see that. Like the wood paneling, which is the poor man's insulation. The wood paneling is a little bit warmer. And then the bookcase that doesn't match the shelf that doesn't match the bed. Oh, yeah. No, I completely buy this. And... That bed probably would have been typical, easy, not cheap, but, you know, not expensive, solid, middle-class Americana in the 30s, 40s, which would make it old by this point. But, like I said, you know, you're replacing the mattress and the box spring. The frame's probably okay. Right. I'm probably totally wrong. This was probably built, like, in 1984 for this movie, and I am talking out of my... Perfectly acceptable uh, to go on that tangent. So, some of the other things I noticed in here. Bastion, I guess in his dream state, stopped sleeping on a pillow during the night. (laughs) I just noticed that. There is no (laughs) pillow. But I do love that the book is in his bed without the bookmark. Like, it's just, he just fell asleep reading. He did fall asleep reading, but in future minutes, we know that he prides himself on taking care of books. Now, is this something a person who takes care of their books would do? He doesn't use a bookmark. No, he just Maybe sleeps on the book. Maybe that's why he sits up with such such fear. He, re- he He woke up from his dream and realized, oh my God, I didn't put my book away. <laughs> but he's using a bookmark, not dog-earing, which... You know, I know we could use all the listeners we can get. And listeners, we appreciate you listening to our podcast. We really do. If you dog ear your books, turn this podcast off. You don't deserve to hear my voice. <laughs> now, I, it's time for me to, <laughs> to cue in Tierney's um, field of choice. The librarian has spoken. <laughs> the librarian has spoken. We will not be too loud while we are podcasting. and We will not dog ear our books. <laughs> I actually originally went to library school specifically for preservation. It's not what I ended up doing, but that was the goal going in. So I specifically took classes on how to take care of books. So in your classes, I'm sure part of the care of books is not to open them all the way and press down like you would if you were sleeping on a book. Now, was he on it, though, or was it next to him? Well, as I'm scrubbing through, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. And the way the camera pans off of him, it gets really hard to tell. But I, because he's already sitting up before the camera comes yeah, back. I took that as, no, look, the, it's definitely behind him because he has to turn. Yeah, his head was on that book. That was his pillow. <gasps> he fell asleep on it. <laughs> he totally did. He looks down at it. 
But look at his face when he looks down at it. He yeah, is he, he's upset with himself. He's pretty mortified as well. So I so, guess I, I'll give him that. Yeah. So we understand these things happen to the best of us. Uh, my Harry Potter books always open to my favorite part, and these things happen. Right. Uh, so yeah, he he does use a bookmark though. Awesome. He has a cool blue baseball cap that I can't make out the logo on. I thought if anybody could, it was you, but... No. And he does have at least three shelves, or two full shelves and a shelf over his bed all filled with books. I think that whole bookcase, I think there's got to be at least one other shelf. I think that's a four or five shelf bookcase that's full plus a shelf over his bed. And I love that. As the nerdy kid who grew up to be a librarian. I love that he is literally surrounded by books the first time we see him. Right. It perfectly plays into the character who gets lost in these books and tries to escape using them. Yep. Moving on from the book bedroom. Oh my gosh, it looks like we have, in one minute, we get two separate new characters. It's crazy. We have a second character. We have a second set. And it is the most 1984 kitchen I've ever seen. <laughs> Cabinets with no um, hardware on them. You just reach underneath them, I guess, if you need to open them. Yeah, no, there's usually a thing. This is my kitchen <laughs> growing <laughs> up. So, I mean, we had slightly different cabinets in the first one. But yes, that is absolutely the Wonder Bread open on the table. Well, I guess... Actually, no, this is much nicer than our kitchen growing up because it has the stove in the middle. Right. The stovetop and the thing. We always had just a range on top of a stove. But the fridge, it's what I think of as a fancy fridge because it's the two doors that open right. instead of the freezer over the fridge part. With the ice maker and water, water spout. Yeah, but that white with the brown, oh man. Yes, definitely. What about the product placement in this, just this one scene? We have at least three products here. We have Wonder Bread, we've got Skippy Peanut Butter, and we've got Ziploc brand. Oh. Plus, whatever that is in the background. I think it's like Sanka Coffee or something like that. Yeah, I'm trying to look. I'm very disappointed that he doesn't have his coffee grinder out. I think that that might actually be instant coffee. Yeah. Bastion's dad drinks instant. It's all making sense now. What a now. failure. He does have a can opener, which I also think of as a very 80s appliance. Right. <laughs> uh, we didn't have an automatic can opener like that, but it looks exactly like every episode of Garfield you've ever imagined. Right. So my first question as we move into the new scene is, how long has Bastion been trying to open that jar? He seems to really be struggling, and I don't know what they are called, but the pieces of rubber that help you open jars. My family refers to them as Knoppenizer, but that's because the one we had was a politician named Alex Knopp, uh, put his name on one and gave them out for free. But the dad looks so annoyed when he opens the jar, and I'm like, dude, he loosened it for you. Now He's clearly been working <laughs> on that a while. Right. So... <laughs> I don't know that any grip would have helped him at all, because he's gripping it so hard, apparently, that he hurts his own hand. I've done that. <laughs> so I don't think grip was his problem. It wasn't sliding through his hand. He's just not quite strong enough to get that jar to budge. 
Tierney relates to Bastion. Point two. Point one. <laughs> wake up surrounded by books. Point two. Hurt self trying to do things in the kitchen. With the way the dad walks over there, how many times does does he have to do this every single morning? It's like he was almost waiting for it to happen, having to go open the jar. I don't know. I have a lot of questions about the dad. So he, he didn't have to ask. He just walked over. Oh, like oh, it's eight oh two now. I have to go open the jar. No, but you see a family member struggling with the jar. You just go do it. Right. So you mentioned that he looks angry. I think he tries to play it off at the end with a little wink that he gives. Spoiler for Tierney. Not spoiler for the movie. But if you're watching this one minute at a time, this might be a little confusing for you. Because like you said, he does kind of wink. I definitely remembered this as the mean dad in the first scene. I remembered him as a monster who's ignoring his son, borderline emotionally abusive, and I would like to take this opportunity to apologize to Bastian's dad because he is not. I don't know what was going on in my life that that's how I remember I think I have an explanation. It's it's all about perception. You know, when we were children watching this movie, the dad's coming down on Bastian pretty hard. I remember him as a monster. As adults now, we have the perspective of, well, he's actually trying to get through to his son about something. And while he may be a little bit harsh about it, there there is a purpose to it. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But I just... The the apology tour for Bastian's dad starts now. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll keep it going and see how far it goes. <laughs> I, I still have questions. I still think, you know, Bastian loosened it, so he's not totally getting off the hook in this minute, but... He does not actually do anything odious in this minute. So playing the dad in the scene is Gerald McCraney. Most of us nowadays know him as Major Dad. He, he is still acting. Um, he was part of This Is Us, a show I haven't necessarily watched. Wait, but who is he on This Is Us? <gasps> is he the doctor? You are correct. I remembered him as a monster and he's the doctor in This Is Us. And I'm the worst person in the world. He's wonderful. Shout out for This Is Us, which absolutely doesn't need it as much as our podcast does. <laughs> it's not for everyone. It is very schmaltzy still a word that you can use. Possibly. Heartwarming, heart-tugging, lots of hearts. Yeah, he also is in House of Cards, which I've heard is an excellent show. I have not gotten to watch it, but in listening to Princess Bride Minute, you hear about Robin Wright playing in House of Cards and doing a fantastic job. And I um, bet it doesn't make you cry as much as This Is Us does. Probably just, not. Just guessing. So know. in that show, he plays Raymond Tusk for at least three years. And he's done tons of other stuff. hes I don't think he's stopped for a minute during his career. <laughs> and it, he was always a favorite. I remember sitting down as a child to watch Major Dad with everybody around the, in the family watching TV. So it's good to see that he's still acting and still doing a great job at it. It's a heartwarming memory. It's a lot more heartwarming than what's going on in this scene. Uh, speaking of what's going on in this scene, shall we talk about the orange elephant in the room? No, because it gets worse next minute. <laughs> we should absolutely talk about it next minute when it crosses over from the orange elephant to a horror movie. All right. So in my impeccable ear training, mm-hmm. um, I can tell you that it's now eight o'clock. As we have the bells going off at a nearby church, I'm only assuming. Mm-hmm. saying that it's now 8 o'clock, and that when he was in his bedroom, it was somewhere around 7.30-ish. Yeah. 
So there's there's a possibility he's he was opening that jar for like twenty minutes. Well, he had to get dressed, so yeah, I give him he's ten minutes for that. Now he's changed, so and he did he did get his hair to go down some. But how hard is it to comb your hair when it's all just down? That's what I have to ask. Well, it was all sticky uppy in the last minute, <laughs> or early in this minute. Oh goodness, we've already moved on. <laughs> oh goodness. So as we see, he does pour a nice healthy glass of orange juice into the blender. Getting ready to ruin it. <laughs> and we see something, there's an object in his hand, and maybe we'll get some clarification next minute on what that actually is. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Minute 2. If you want to find me, you can find me at the Wookie Lives on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to... If you're enjoying what you're listening to, go to Facebook and look for Never Ending Minute. Join our Never Ending Minute Listener Society. You can go to Twitter and follow at NevEndMin. That's N-E-V-E-N-D-M-I-N. Or if you want to, you can look at my profile or Tierney's and it's linked in there. Where can they find you? Oh, I am also known as One Steel Sister. And I am very active in our group. I'm there. If you have any theories on what the morning routine is for Bastion, uh, or if you know who is our mystery man, I like your theory, but you know someone out there knows. Somebody has to. Somebody. Somebody knows for sure in their heart who <laughs> that is. And maybe they will tell me. <laughs> awesome. So we look forward to tomorrow finding out what exactly is in his hand. Oh, but that's another story. And it shall be told another time. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler. I'm keeping your bones.